Hey, and welcome back to another week of the South Fork Sermon Podcast. This week, we're continuing the sermon series through the book of John. And as we explore this week in Jonathan's sermon, he really addresses this prayer that Jesus has for his followers. So it has a ton of just practical application for the day-to-day things that we're experiencing even in our lives in 2019, almost 2,000 years later. So without any further ado, let's get into today's sermon. I think you're going to benefit a lot from it. But he says, this is eternal life that they know you. This is the purpose of life, friends, to know God. The single most important thing about you is what you think about God. Not just here, but experientially. That you know him, do you? Personally, from the heart. Do you trust and treasure and love the creator more than anything else? Are you growing in this loving knowledge of God? Friends, this is eternal life. It doesn't start when you get to heaven. Get this. Eternal life starts when you receive the gift. He is bringing you the gift of eternal life. And when you receive Jesus, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that he is Lord, that he is your savior, that he really did die on that cross and rise to life three days later. Friends, when you receive that gift, you have already and will never lose the gift of eternal life. It's a beautiful thing. This is the purpose of life to know God. It's the third point. He wants to show you. He wants to show you his relationship. Do you get what he's doing? I mean, have you ever walked in on a conversation that was just really intensely personal and you've walked in on it, but it's kind of awkwardly late. You can't really turn away. So you kind of enter into it. And either the conversation ends, the conversation shifts, or they invite you into that conversation. Jesus is inviting you to hear, to experience his relationship with the Father. Now, I need three beards here on stage. Three beards, okay? I need a fatherly beard. I'm going to try to illustrate this relationship and specifically with the word glorify. Billy, you've got a fatherly beard. All right, come on up here, Billy. I really picked you because you've got a son here too, okay? All right. Billy, the father... All right, you're gonna you're gonna act like God. No, yeah, you stand, stand a little bit closer to this plug here. All right, I got limited extension cords. All right, you don't have to look into the lights, okay? Because you are the light. All right. So this is the Father. Now we need somebody with a Jesus beard. We got a Jesus beard in the house. Jr. the Son. Come on up, Jr. Jr.'s got a a Jesus. I'm gonna plug this one in here real quick. Jr. the Son with the Father. All right, you are the light as well. You are the light of the world. And JR, go stand by your father in heaven. All right, so we know this picture of the Trinity, Father, Son, Spirit. You can't see the Spirit, can you? Okay, not usually, all right, but you can experience them. But here's Father and Son in heaven, glorified. What does that word mean? That word glorify means as a noun, right? So it's a noun and a verb. Now, English teachers don't get on me too bad here, okay? But majestic. 
splendor, splendiferous. Well, I just I think that's a made-up word, but we'll count it today. Splendiferous, okay? Glory. There is something going on here in the Godhead that is beyond any compare, friends. It is beautiful. It is good. It is true. It is powerful. It is unfading. It is eternal. Oh, this is the glory of God. But then there's this glorify, that there is a glorification process where it is being displayed, where it is being celebrated, where it is being seen. And the Father sends the Son. Son, come on forward. The Father sends the Son, the light of the world, into the world, right, to display His glory. John chapter 1 explains this coming. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Oh, I lost my... Where did I put my Bible phone? Hold on. John 1. Oh, I got it blocked out with my sermon. John 1. Can someone look that up and read that for us real quick? Because I missed... Oh, there's my phone. Sorry. Troubles with using your phone as your Bible. Turn to John 1 for a second. I want you to see this. This is cool. This is neat. John chapter 1. My teacher wife just explained to me. All right, mid-sermon text, you ready? Splendiferous is a real word, but it is not a noun or a verb. So maybe it's somewhere in between, okay? It sounds like a made-up word, but apparently it's not. We're going to make that equivalent with glorify. All right, the true light, verse 9 which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Verse 14, fast forward. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Listen, listen. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Do you get this? Right, this is some big God-sized things, but this word glorify matters because this is why he's come. Now we need somebody with a common, everyday, average beard. You know, just a fallen man, just like you and me. Where'd William Rucker go? William volunteered earlier, not knowing. There you are, William, come on down. William's like, I'll help, you need help? I said, yes, William, a little bit later. All right, don't worry, William. You're a sinner just like me and you, okay? Let's see, just like me. All right, you stand right there. So the light has come into the world, and here's what's so cool. You get two lights, Jesus. All right, two lights. Don't blind yourself, and don't blind William, okay? In fact, William, uh, you look at Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, okay? But don't get blinded here. All right, so here's part of what happens. The Father, splendiferous, majestic, shares His glory, sends His glory into the world for us to celebrate, enjoy, see, know, experience. Then you and I, we get the joy of receiving His glory. He shares it with us. As the Father has sent the Son, the Son then shines and shares His glory. There you go. Yeah, you got it. Shine your glory on William. Blind him if you need to close your eyes. It's okay. So the glory comes and shines on William. And now William is glorified, not ultimately 
for his own sake. Now, there's a future glorification that's happening, right? You want big fancy words? Here's three big fancy words. When you are in Christ, when you become a believer, that salvation is justification. You are made right. Your sins are forgiven. Justification. Then there's a process of growing and maturing. We're going to talk about it in a second. That you want to, you grow in, the Spirit grows in you. A holiness, a sanctification. That's being saved. That's an ongoing process. And then there's something future, friends, where He will be with Jesus, with the Father in heaven, enjoying that glory fully. But see, William is not here just in this life to stare at Jesus and enjoy Jesus. He is. But when you enjoy something, what do you do? You share it. All right, you got your light there at your feet, William. Okay, don't blind everybody. That's not too bright. All right, turn around, William. And now William's got a purpose. That light is on him for the world to see. There's something in him that's different. There is a glory. There's some splendor. There's something majestic in William, but it's not about William because William's pointing to the light that has shined into the world and into William's heart. Friends, this is glory. But here's what's happening. In the midst of this prayer, the Son is returning to the Father. All right? I think you've got enough extension cord to move backwards. Don't trip. There you go. But His glory continues to radiate specifically through the spirits. And did you hear the Son's prayer? Where does He want William to be? Where does He want all of us to be? His heart's desire is not that any should perish, but that all should have eternal life, that all should reach repentance. He wants William, he wants you and me to be in his glory forever, to enjoy his splendor and majesty. All right. Bearded men, please put down your, uh, your lights, okay? I wasn't manly enough to have anything but an Amish beard, so no beard today for me. Not, not that there's anything wrong with Amish beards, okay? Just a little thinner than those manly beards. All right, so again, maybe that connects with you, maybe that doesn't, but there's a little bit of what's going on here in this glory, and he's inviting you to see this and witness this, because this is part of knowing, not just here, knowing, man, my God is good. This is how much he loves me. This is how he's praying for me. Two more reasons why he's doing this, why he's praying out loud to all of us. He wants to evidence his character. His name. What does a name say about somebody? If you say somebody's name, for better or for worse, the name reflects the man, the woman, the child, the character. And so Jesus is saying, I have manifested. I have shown out. I have demonstrated. That's what I loved about that video there. It was showing. Did you catch some of the miracles? The, all the miracles, all the teachings are pointing to the name of God, who he is, his character. He wants you to see and to know, and his work is finished, about to be, on the cross. But he's speaking this truth. He says, I have given them words that you gave me. Everything the Son is speaking is because the Father is telling him to. The truth and the love is shining out to the world. Friends, do you get what a treasure we have in the Bible? Do you realize that for generations, centuries, centuries, 
No believers had this in their hands. Maybe a pastor did or a priest, maybe a church did. But the average Christian didn't have access to this. And now we can listen to it. We can watch it. We can read it everywhere we go. It's a beautiful, glorious thing because, friends, these words are heavenly. I have given them the words that you gave me. And they received it. And and they have come to know in truth that I came from you. You see what this is all about here? That Jesus, that they believe, that they trust, that they treasure, that he really is who he says he is. This is the purpose of the prayer. This is why he's giving us this prayer. And it's for you. It is for you. Now, he prays also for the lost. There's really one big truth here for the lost. In fact, this should even make you think about how you pray for the lost. Because listen, when we have prayer lists, when we go through prayer concerns, what's urgent on our list, right? Relationship issues, sickness, health, death, destruction, tragedy. Those things are on the front of our minds. But Jesus, for the lost, one thing, so that the world, what? Do you see the repetition going on here? So that they may know you sent me. I really am who I say I am. I am really God the Son. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I am the fulfillment of the prophecies. I am the Messiah. I love them. And the love He's giving them. This is mind-blowing. He's talking to the Father, even as the love between the Godhead, Father and Son, is the love He has for us. It's an amazing overflow of His love. It's a gift. Now, I'll write down these two scriptures. These are a reminder. 2 Peter 3.9. God's patient. He's patient. Towards you, towards me. Why? He doesn't wish that any should perish. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell, friends. He wants everyone to reach repentance. 2 Peter 3, 9. 1 Timothy 2, 4. 1 Timothy 2, 4. What is the desire of our God? He desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So if you're here this morning, And you know this is you. You've heard these stories. You've known these truths, but you haven't known personally a relationship with the Father, with the Son, with the Spirit. God's saying, I'm being patient. I want you to get a point where you turn away from being in control of your own life, where you turn away from walking your own way, from your own opinions, from your own pleasures, and you turn your back on sin and you trust in Him. That you confess your sins and you confess the love of Jesus. He's patient. He's good. And he's praying for you. And maybe, friends, you're a true believer in Christ here this morning. And this is a reminder of how Jesus prays for the lost. And it's an example for us to imitate. You know what? I need to pick up my prayer list again. I need to write down my friends, my family, my coworkers, my neighbors, those I love, that I'm concerned for the salvation. And I need to pray with greater urgency. 
I need to be patient with them and pray for their repentance. I need to desire more so that they come to salvation. This is an example for us. And this is a gift. Gifts can be rejected. Gifts can be resisted. Gifts can be ignored. But friends, if you've experienced the gift of eternal life already, eternal life already, not just in heaven, now, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, listen to his prayer for you. Here's how he's praying for you. You're his children. This is your father, God. Saying, I'm praying for you. He's saying, I'm not just praying for those people who are gathered here. This matters for you and me here today. All those who will what? Believe. How? Through the word, through the testimony. Here he goes. Number one, to experience his love. I'm going to go fast if you're a fill in the blank person. Okay, you got a couple fills in the blanks here. To experience his love. He wants you to come into this conversation, to hear his voice, to hear his prayer. Remember what I said? When someone prays over you, it's so loving. It's so moving. And he wants you to be moved and overwhelmed this morning that the creator of the universe cares enough to pray over his children. He wants you to experience his love. And he wants you to be close to him. Father, keep them. Where? In your name. Close to your identity, close to your focus, close to who he is, his character, his purpose. Now listen, unity in Christ does not mean uniformity. Unity does not mean uniformity, right? We are not identified by our sports teams. Go Strohs, right? We're not We're not identified by our political party. We're not identified by our position, our paycheck, our possessions, our accomplishments, public opinion, or popularity. Why? This world is not about us. Do you get this? Back to the whole light thing. We're all common beards here. And what defines us? Everything good within us, the glory that is demonstrated in us is where? From Him, from the Father, to us. It's not about us, but He chooses us and loves us and uses us and sends us. And we need this reminder, friends, the closer we walk to the light, the closer we stay to God, who He is, His character, His name, the more we associate our identity in our priorities, in our purpose, in our participation. Friends, it makes a difference. We're going to all look different. We're going to have different opinions on things. But the truth and the grace of Jesus in us defines us. That's our, identif- our identity to be united and close to God, which then overflows to our unity and identity with other believers. That when we are rooted in Him, love of God, this will happen. When you truly love God, you will love others. That's why 1 John, if you haven't read 1 John, it's a great book for seeing the difference between true belief and false belief. And one of the call-outs there in 1 John is, if you say you love God, but you hate your brother and sister, 
You're a liar. The truth's not in you. How do you see true belief? You'll know them by their works. They will know us by our love. Friends, when you are united with Christ, you will be united with others. It's part of our identity and name and focus. And it's part of his prayer. Why does he pray this way for us? Because he knows some of you are going to be tempted to be divided. Some of us are going to fight with one another over silly things. Some of you are going to believe a lie like the Washington Nationals are better than the Houston Astros. Now, that's one of my few sports analogies. You know, I already confessed last week, even though I grew up a Houston Astros fan, I didn't even know they were in the uh, pennant thing, okay? I know what the World Series, I didn't even know how to describe what they won last week, okay? Now, how many of you guys watched the game all the way to the end last night? Any of y'all? None of y'all? Okay, I just watched the six-minute YouTube replay this morning. See, I'm not a good fan either, okay? But see, here's the thing. I joke about sports because we, we, we can joke about sports. UK, UL, you know? We can joke about that. But when things get a little bit more touchy, Republican or Democrat, you start getting angry and defensive and aggressive or passionate and, 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 you, and you start to see somebody as an enemy that's created in the, in the image of God. Friends, sometimes we're getting things out of order. Now we have real enemies in this world, but friends, do you hear God's prayer for us? Don't fuss over the carpet color. Don't fuss over the paint on the wall. Don't get roiled up between believers over lesser things. Unity is not uniformity. Now, God still cares about all sorts of things and choices we make in life to include how we vote. But friends, these are lesser things. He wants us to be unified. But you know what? You got an enemy. I have an enemy. Our flesh, the world, and Satan are constantly trying to diffuse the light to distract us from our purpose. But God's praying for us. Oops. My clicker's not working. Can y'all override it? Here's our next truth. Number four. He wants you to be joy-filled. Why? Because here's where you're at. You're in a hateful world. Have you seen it lately? Go on social media. Open up a newspaper. Turn on the TV. We live in a world that is full of hate. Not only for one another, but get this. They hate the light. They hate the light. And if you have received the light, if you are in the light, the world's going to hate what they see in you. Why? They love the darkness. And the light convicts them. So don't be surprised when the world hates you. Who did they hate first? Jesus. It doesn't mean we be silly and dumb in how we express ourselves, that they hate us just because we're jerky people. That's not what it means. What they should hate in us is Jesus in us. But what they should see in us is Jesus in us that turns the other cheek, that shows love to the enemies, that defies all human logic. Because you know what? The Father's forgiven you of all things. How much more so 
Should one of the defining characteristics of us in Christ be forgiveness? Fifth thing he prays for, your protection, my protection. From what? Satan, the world, and the flesh. Keep them from the evil one. Now he says, I'm not taking them out of the world. That would be nice. I mean, do you realize, I love this quote, John Piper. Death is like my car. It takes me where I want to go. What's the number one fear of all humanity? Death, how you leave this world. Number one fear. But in Christ, we realize, even if we might have temporary struggles and temptations with the fear of death, we realize for the believer, that's a great thing, friends. It brings you where he's praying for you to be with him in eternity, in his glory. But you have a real enemy in Satan, the world and the flesh. And the reason Jesus is not taking you out of the world, even though in a real way it's enemy territory. You get that? Do you understand and see that the reason you're experiencing hate and venom and darkness and discouragement and depression and fear and worry and anxiety is because you're living on a battlefield. It's where you're at. But you're here for a reason. He's not taking you out. In fact, he's sending you in like lambs among wolves. Why? Because he's got a purpose for us. But he prays for you. God, keep them from the evil one. Danger, temptation, nonstop. Evil one, the devil and his demons. Evil world, evil flesh. But he prays for your growth. He's praying for your growth. That's our sixth point here. He is praying for you to grow and mature. Remember that big $10 word, sanctification? He wants you to mature and grow up. I mean, think about your kids. When you have a little bitty baby to when they all grow up into rowdy teenagers and then adults, there's purpose in that process. You are caring for them, loving them, feeding them, protecting them, providing them along the way because you know at one point in the future, they're going where, friends? Out into the world, sent out, and it's dangerous. So what do you want for your children? You want them to grow, not just physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And he wants that for us. He wants that for us. He's praying for that. How does that happen? Your diet. Your diet controls your growth. Do you get this? What's your diet? Is this in your diet? It needs to be. In my diet and your diet daily. Why? Because we need our minds renewed. Because <laughs> the world is like a magnet pulling us the wrong direction. And we need God to reorient our hearts and minds towards him. Lastly, I love this. He's praying for your joy. Let me read verse 24 for us. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me. Do you hear this? May be with me where I am to see my glory that you had given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Now, what's about to happen? Do you remember what's about to happen in a few hours? He's about to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, praying passionately. The disciples keep falling asleep. And he goes back to him and wakes him up. Does Jesus have you here this morning to spiritually shake you awake? Stay with me. Pray with me. Move forward with me. Do you hear that? Pray with me. And then hours after that, they all leave him. 
Friends, he still loves them. Can you imagine the joy they had after the resurrection? Can you imagine Peter who had denied, failed big time at the moment that precise, I don't know him. I'm not one of his disciples. Jesus comes back to him. And friends, if you are here and you have strayed, you have wandered, you've had a season of denying Jesus or turning your back on Jesus, he's here this morning because he loves you and he wants you to be with him now and forevermore eternal life. Why? For eternal joy. It's amazing. He wants the best for us. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've lost focus. So here's the so what of it all. Have you heard the purpose of Jesus? Have you heard how he's praying for you? This is a powerful passage. You might want to go back and reread this as a study because it's a beautiful picture of love, but you have two choices here. Here's the first question. Will you receive this and believe it? Remember I said it's a gift. The prayer is a gift. Jesus is a gift. He wants you this morning to know and to remember you are loved beyond all compare. Remember the glory of heaven, majesty, splendor, beyond all compare. And the love that is between the father and son, he brings out to you and to me as a gift. But if you're here this morning, friends, and maybe you haven't hated God, maybe you have. But maybe you've ignored him. Maybe you've been apathetic towards him. He's calling you. Uh, go back to Lazarus. Remember Lazarus? Jesus is praying out loud. Why? That those are hearing might believe that he was sent by God, that he really is who he says he is, that he loves you. There's no greater love than this, friends. He laid down his life for you. And friends, at the end of this prayer, you've heard it. God has brought you to hear it. Will you receive it? Will you believe it? Not just head knowledge, heart knowledge. That your purpose in life is to know him. This is eternal life. To know God from the inside out. If you're not there. This morning's the day. He's calling you by name like he called the Lazarus. Come out. Come out of your pew. Pray with a pastor. Pray with a friend. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. This is the power of God for what? For salvation. Today is the day he wants to breathe life into him. Will you receive it? Will you believe it? Friends, maybe you're here this morning and you've been a believer for a long time and you just needed this reminder. Maybe you just need this encouragement that Jesus really is who he says he is. Believe it and love it. Hear the Father and the Son talking about you, the love they have for you. And, and lastly, here's the last question. Maybe you need to be here to receive and believe it for the first time. Maybe you just needed the reminder of it. But here's the last question. Will you pray this way? Will you pray this way? This is a gift. This is a gift. Now I'm about to do something dangerous. Parents, forgive me. I'm about to sin. 
Okay, so for pastor appreciation, one of the gifts the church has given me is found in my addictions. All right, everybody know what I'm addicted to? I'm going to put it on full display. Reese's, woo, Reese's and Butterfinger. And look what I'm about to do. I'm going to give something that I look, and these are full-size candy bars. This is no joke. All right, hold on. Parents, forgive me. We'll work it out eventually. Let's see. What's in this one? I heard this one's fudge. Did I sample the goods? Oh, buddy. Here it comes. Peanut butter fudge. Taste and see that the fudge is good. Mmm. Splendiferous. Splendiferous. I'm going to put one of these pieces to the side, okay? Because I know you're sweet too, so. Why this? When you experience something good, <clears throat> and you have the ability to share it in unlimited quantities, it's pure selfishness not to. The reason you're in the world, friends, is to pray the way Jesus prayed. That are close to God, protected from the evil ones. They know Him and love Him. They hear His goodness and experience and taste and see that the Lord is good. Friends, you're here for a reason. And if you need a reminder, kids, as you go to Sunday school, maybe you take this sweetness out with you to enjoy it, maybe to share it. Because the more you enjoy Jesus, friends, the more you're going to talk about Him. The, the more you enjoy Jesus, the brighter the light of His love is going to radiate to the world around you. So maybe this is a reminder. You can, parents, if you want to be left with candy this morning, come to the altar and pray in a second, okay? This altar is right here is a little bit more holy. But in all seriousness, the Father sent His Son for a purpose. He shared it with you. He showed it to you. He made it manifest to you and to me. Why? Friends, he doesn't want you to think this is some sort of made-up religion. This is the most accurate book in human history, bar none. Archaeology, science, history, manuscript evidence. Why? He wants to show you he really is who he says he is. This happened. And he loves you. So will you? The gifts, the gifts been described. The gift's been showed. The gift's been laid out. The gift of Jesus, will you receive it? Will you believe it? Will you live in it? Will you take it out? For the invitational this morning, maybe there's someone that you love in this room. Maybe they're not here. But maybe God's calling you as we respond to grab somebody just to pray with them. It might be where you're at. It might be come down front. But maybe it's with a different urgency. Maybe it's with a new set of priorities. Maybe it's with a greater passion. But friends, Jesus prayed over you. Let's pray over one another. God, forgive us. Forgive me. Too often I, too often we, we found our identity in the things of this world and not in you. And Lord, we need days like today 
just to be still and to hear your prayer over us, Lord. You share your glory with us. You share your purpose with us. You died for us that we might live with you. God, this is eternal life to know you, experience you, trust you, treasure you, value you, love you, live for you. God, may we do it. May we enjoy you. You are so sweet and good. Lord, I pray that the same way we have heard you pray and we imitate and how we pray for our loved ones, our neighbors, our co-workers, the people we find ourselves in opposition with. Lord, do a heart change in us this morning that only you can do. Say thank you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Hey guys, we hope that you got a lot out of today's sermon. And so here's something that you could do for us. Would you care to share this with someone, someone that you think in your life could benefit from listening to this? That would just mean so much to us. And if you have just a few extra seconds, head over to Apple podcast and leave a five-star review and maybe a comment to help other people find this as well. Thanks guys. We'll see you next week.